believers, welcome to Simply Devotion, a podcast that takes complex theological ideas and transforms them into points of understanding. I am your host, Pastor Vinny, from simplyvinny.com. Hey there, true believers. Welcome back to another great episode of Simply Devotion, the podcast where we like to think deeply about Jesus and why it is that he is worthy of all of our devotion. Today I'm going to be talking about misconceptions. Misconceptions about what? Misconceptions about the upbringing of Jesus. Misconceptions about where Jesus lived, misconceptions about how Jesus might have been raised and what he might have considered his identity on an ethnic level. What did Jesus look like? Do Are our modern day depictions of Jesus accurate? It's going to be a fascinating topic. We're just going to like basically touch on some of the culture and ethnic issues about first century Palestine and Jesus. But before we do that, I just want to like just sort of throw in here, I would just be immensely thankful to, to any of you who would be kind enough to recommend this podcast to a friend, to recommend this podcast to maybe someone in your small group or or maybe just know someone who would enjoy this kind of podcast. I'm just trying to get the word out and to help spread the good news about Jesus and that he is worthy of our devotion. I would also just welcome you to go ahead and visit my website, www.simplyvinnie.com, V-I-N-N-I-E, simplyvinnie.com. There you could find all of my social media connections and you could like tweet me or send me a question or I would just really love to hear any feedback, positive or negative, that you might have about this podcast and how it's been going. Because I, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make a podcast that is meaningful and helpful to people. And I can't do that from one side of the microphone without hearing from you on the other side of the microphone so that I know what I'm producing is of value to you. All right, true believers, I'm just going to jump into it today, and it's going to get a little bit controversial right from the get-go. So a few years ago, Megyn Kelly, a well-known radio, TV, news, major news network, cable news network um, commentator, she, she has been on very conservative news programs and, you know, programs that are mid to left side, too. Um, but her these particular comments she made around 2013, I think, if I remember correctly, was when she was working for Fox News. Not that that had anything to do with the comments, but she made a very controversial statement that stirred up people everywhere. And if I'm telling the truth, it's the first time I really thought about it when I heard her comments and people got upset. 
And so then I began this search to understand a little bit better about the ethnicity of Jesus. Megan Kelly was arguing about the war on Christmas. You know, you hear those arguments. Anyways, her point was that some things are just white, and her two examples were Santa and Jesus. And she was saying that we just have to accept what their race was and just stop trying to change everything. But the problem is, here's where we get controversial, Jesus was not white. Listen to her comments. And then we will discuss why she is wrong. Just because it makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it has to change. You know, I mean, Jesus yeah. was a white man too, but you, you know, it's like we have, he was a historical figure. I mean, that's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want right. the kids watching to know that. Yes. But my point is, how do you just revise it, you know, in the middle of the legacy of the story and change Santa from white to black? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. Yeah, so I can agree with Megyn Kelly on a couple things. One, I can agree on with her that Jesus was an actual historical character. So we can we can agree with Megyn on that. I can also agree with her that you can't revise it and you can't change someone's ethnicity in the middle of their story. So we could also agree with that. That's about the end of what we can agree with, um, because we have to now, you know, talk about reality. The reality is that we have revived what Jesus looked like, both his skin pigmentation and also just his general features that we tend to paint him with or make art of him with. I mean, so... It's a difficult thing to talk about, and people get, you know, ah, uh, you know, they 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 get stressed out about it. But we, I I think we tend to want Jesus to look like however we look, and I'm not saying that's wrong, and I'm not even saying that you know one of the the aspects of the incarnation is that God wants to come and be close to who we are to help us understand who God is, and so. There's that side of it. That said, the real historical Jesus who walked on the earth in Palestine or Israel at the time of the first century and who, you know, was born of a virgin and died on the cross to save you and me, he actually had an actual physical appearance. What exactly was that appearance like? I don't know because... There's a couple reasons we don't know. One, we weren't there. And and two, Jews in general, and early Christians were Jews. Jews in general were against artwork that depicted the likeness of things created on the earth or under the earth or in the sea. Like this is like from the, like the Ten Commandments, right? So they they were kind of down on that kind of depiction of things. Furthermore, because Jesus was associated with, uh, you know, being the living son of God, that made him divinity to early Christians and to us too. And so that made it even like even more the reason why you didn't make a depiction of him. 
And so the earliest depictions of Jesus we have are like quite far after the fact, like 200, 300, 400 years after the fact. So we don't have like, of course, there wouldn't be any like pictures or photographs. Not such things didn't exist, but we don't even have any accurate artwork or any artwork that is actually from that time. So then you say, well, how do you know that Jesus wasn't, you know, like we depict him in all of our pictures and all of our artwork? Well, first of all, we tend to depict Jesus in our artwork and in our pictures, again, like a Westerner, because why? Again, it's just a natural thing to want to identify and have Jesus identify with us. And so everybody tends to slightly taint their culture, Jesus, towards their culture. And again, I'm not making judgments on that. I'm just bringing out the reality that that tends to happen. But I also need to bring out at this point that we do actually know where Jesus lived. You know, Jesus was, you know, of Nazareth. He was born in Bethlehem, and he is of the tribe of Judah. And Judah is a Semitic tribe that belongs to Father Jacob, right? Descendant of Abraham. So we have a quite clear lineage of what people group Jesus is with. And so right now you're probably thinking, well, well, that cements it. You know, most Jews I know, most Jewish people I know of a light depiction. So why can't Jesus be like a light depiction? And we can, we can grow some long hair on him, put that beard on there and get that wonderful picture that we're all sure that Jesus looked like. Okay. Okay. But you, you also need to understand that most Jews, Jewish people that we know today, um, have been in dispersia for, you know, 2,000 years. And while some Jews at the destruction of the temple in 70 AD went into dispersia to the east and to the south and to Africa, most Jews who went into dispersia went into Europe. And most Jews that we would know here in the West were of European mixed descent. And so... The real question then becomes not what do Jewish people look like now, but what did Jewish people look like back then? Now, that's a good question, and significant research has been done on that. In fact, tracing DNA from the first century Jewish people to determine who they would look the most like right now and we will talk about a study we will talk about um some research that has been done on that but before we even get into that we need to just talk about where israel is actually located we refer to israel most often as being in the middle east well and that is the area that we determine to consider israel Israel is located on what is called the Sinai Peninsula. And it's that piece of land that sort of connects Africa and Asia. It's that, Medi it's, it's that strip of land between the Mediterranean Sea and the Red Sea. You know, um, it's sort of a land bridge. And yeah, it 
you know, when you, if you could look at a map and just quickly look at it there, you would see that it's connecting um, Africa to Asia. It, it Looking at the map, frankly, it looks more like it's in Africa than Asia. And that's why we call it the Middle East. It's, it's kind of in the middle of the world, if you want to think about it, from the perspective of where it is around the other nations surrounding it. Egypt, you have Sudan, you know, you have Chad, you go into Africa. If you go east, you have Iraq, you have Iran, Saudi Arabia, eventually Pakistan. If you go north, in um, Eastern Europe, you know, you eventually would run into Romania and Poland and those sort of um, locations. So it's kind of like this middle place, but it's on this little piece of land, the Sinai Peninsula, that connects Asia to Africa. In in my sort of looking at this, it seems pretty clear to me that I would call it on Africa's turf more than I would anybody else's. Nonetheless, when we think about this, we are definitely not going to have people that are being born on this piece of property in the first century be European. In most of the depictions of Jesus that we see with, you know, very fair white skin and these sort of uh, westernized beards and this Fabio long hair, in quite disturbing to me often when I see this is Jesus with blue eyes. I mean, that's just not likely when we consider what people living on this strip of land would have been like in the first century. Just turn to archaeology for a minute. There's been significant research done to try to determine what a first century Jew would have looked like. And they they do this because there are a lot of skeletal remains in the land from from graves and and there's a lot of graves over there from the first century. In fact, the whole side of the Mount of Olives is full of them. And you can go down into the the catacombs of the tombs of the prophets there. I've done it. So there there are ample places where you can get DNA from what your average Jewish um, first century Jew would look like. Not Jesus. No one has the DNA of Jesus. Let me just say that again. No one has the DNA or skull or, or anything of Jesus himself, but we can definitely rule out sort of some of his physical characteristics by understanding what the typical Jew in the first century looked like. Now, when archaeologists looked at this and they they examined the uh, remains that we have of the multiple, many remains we have of first century Jews, they determined that Jesus would have looked a lot like an Iraqi, an Iraqi Jew. There are groups of Iraqi Jews still in Israel, and you could actually Google that, and you would find a bunch of pictures of Iraqi Jews. And that's basically what his physical characteristics, according to archaeologists, would have been most like. They have determined that the typical 
average Judean at the time of Jesus would have had black or brown hair, which kind of makes sense. Olive skin, and so olive skin is not white. It's not pale. It's not even passing. Uh, olive skin is dark, but not black, but dark. Okay, he would have had brown eyes and you know, they have determined that on average, the average skeletal remains indicates to them that a first century Jew probably would have been about five foot seven inches on average. So they, they are not giants. They are not, you know, incredibly like, you know, tall. Uh, you know, six foot two people, you know, and, and that kind of makes sense. You know, if you think back about David and Goliath and them being afraid to go into the lands because of the giants, they they tended, at least in the first century, hard to say, going back all the way through their history. But the remains we have of the first century indicate they were about five foot seven in average height, olive skin and dark brown to black hair. Now, a British museum just a few years ago did a detailed study on the DNA of first century Jews and skull remains of first century Jews. And they did a whole show, a whole documentary about it called The Real Face of Jesus. You can look it up. In fact, I urge you to Google it. This is a true documentary that was done. It's called The Real Face of Jesus. And you can actually, Popular Mechanics has a whole article about it. I see another article here called The Reconstructing of Jesus Using Science to Flesh Out the Face of Religion. And this is from a website called uh, Ancient Origins. And you, if you just Google, you know, this idea of finding the real face of Jesus, you will find it. It was a documentary that was done. In fact, actually, the parent show, I uh, understand, was called... Um, the Son of God TV series. And um, the episode that dealt with what he looked like was the real face of Jesus. But the TV show was called the Son of God TV series. And again, there's a whole Wikipedia article out there if you want to just, you know, see that. And, and, and they actually have an the reason I bring it up is they actually have an artist's rendition from both looking at DNA samples and looking at skull reconstructions from um, first century Jews, determining what Jesus probably looked like. And yes, you know, I'm looking into the eyes of that picture right now as I'm recording this podcast, and Jesus is definitely not Fabio, according to their archaeological research. Um, the artist or the anthropologist who did this is by his name is Richard Neve. Richard Neve. Richard N E A V E. And he created this for the BBC and their documentary of a first century Galilean. We can't say that it's Jesus, but it's what the typical Galilean most likely looked like in the first century. So it's what 
you know, a typical person like Jesus would have looked like, okay? And yeah, the the Richard Neve did not come up with a Fabio. There's no long gushing hair. There's no blue eyes. There's no very pale white skin or ripped muscles, you know, or flapping uh, half torn off shirt in the wind. Like this is sort of like just what we have done in the West. Okay, so his version of Jesus is much more darker. It's not black. It's not a black Jesus, but it's definitely closer to black or brown than to white or Caucasian. The eyes are firmly brown. And uh, Richard, uh, Dr. Richard Neve went with the um, short sort of curlyish hair that grows into a sort of curlyish beard. Now, I want to talk about that a little bit too. Did Jesus have a beard? Well, again, we're going to go to history and archaeology. It was atypical, what's that mean? Not typical for Jewish men in the first century to actually have long hair. And so Jesus probably, I know I'm just shattering all the myths today. Jesus probably didn't have long hair. I know that's hard to deal with, but, you know, it kind of makes sense if you, we just want to stop and think about what one of his apostles had to say about long hair. And this is not meant as a judgment statement at all. I'm just going to read to you what the Apostle Paul said about long hair. And I used to have very, very long hair down to my waist when I was a teenager. This is not judging people with long hair. This is just what a first century religious leader back then thought about long hair. All right, and I'm going to read Paul's quote um, to you. Hold on. In 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 14, the Apostle Paul says, Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is a disgrace to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, given to her for a covering. Now, again, I don't want to give you this text out of context. The context is disputes over the roles of men and women in the in the first century Corinthian church, where they were having they were having problems in that church. And so, Paul is just trying to deal with their cultural problems they're having. Now, I don't think he's making a statement about women needing to cover their heads whenever they pray. I mean, we could have that debate, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. And I don't think he's saying that men, all men who have long hair, are disgracing themselves. I think he's talking about, in the context of first century um, Judaism, this was not done. Women covered their heads, and men did not have long hair. Now, that said, if Jesus had had long hair, would Paul, a mere, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, be saying it was a disgrace to have long hair? That never really sat well with me. I, I couldn't understand, you know, Paul did see Jesus, even if it was in vision, and, um, you know, he associated with the other apostles who lived with Jesus. He wouldn't be going around saying it's disgraceful to have long hair if Jesus had long hair. And again, I know I'm just shattering our, our mental images. Don't worry. We'll get to that and we'll deal with that before this podcast is over. But I just want you to know, archaeologically, it was not common for, it was not impossible, but not common for men to have long hair hair at this time. Now, 
all the earliest pictures that we have of Jesus, and by early, I mean like 300 years after he died or 400 years after he died, so not early at all. No one was alive that actually remembered what he looked like, but there could have been verbal descriptions that were passed down from people through families who did know him, and maybe the art is based on that. So all I can tell you for sure is the earliest pictures of Jesus, and you can also Google earliest pictures of Jesus and find several articles about that, all depict a Jesus who is clean-shaven and has long hair. And so then you might ask, well, where did the tradition of Jesus having a long, long hair and a beard come from? It actually seems to be both a misunderstanding and a cultural appropriation. Let me tell you about that. Okay, so Jews in the first century did have a tradition of letting the edges of their beards grow very long. In fact, Moses had um, declared that Jews were not allowed to cut the edges of their beard or the edges of their hair, like sideburns is what he's talking about. Let me, let me get you that quote. So in Leviticus, um, Leviticus 19 and verse 27, Moses said, Do not cut your hair at the sides or clip the edges of your beard. Beard. Again, that's Leviticus 19.27. So what archaeologists actually believe happened is in the earliest art where there is no long hair and then it seems to creep in is that the artists probably in the 4th and 5th century were trying to depict a 1st century Jew based in part on Leviticus 19 and 27, where you weren't allowed to cut the edge of your beard or your sideburns, your side hair. This will, I will interpret that as sideburns is what they're trying to express there. Now, if you've been to Palestine or or maybe, you know, maybe just New York, maybe wherever, there, there are Jewish people living every place, right? So if you've, if you've seen Orthodox Jewish people, you've seen the curls, if they have a beard or not, you, you see the curls come down because they don't cut their sideburns and they, they sort of curl it. And so archaeologists and historians believe that that is where the concept that Jesus had long hair came from. It was probably a historical misunderstanding based on this verse. And that kind of makes sense as Christianity moved from Israel and as Israel was destroyed in 70 AD, or at least Jerusalem, the center of Israel was destroyed in 70 AD and dispersia happened and the, the Jews went out all over Europe predominantly, some other places, but mostly Europe, sort of the culture of what a first century Jew may have got lost to medieval Christians living in Europe. So then where did the beard come from? Okay, so well, the beard may have come from the idea that philosophers in the West always had beards. And since Jesus was a moral teacher, we may have culturally appropriated the idea of having a beard, like Socrates and Plato and these wise men. Wise men have beards in Western culture. You know who else has beards in Western culture? Is 
kings and Jesus is king of kings. So as you're trying to culturally sync Jesus up with the West as Christianity is becoming predominant in the West, Jesus became to look more like their wise men and their kings. Again, it's just a natural tendency for us to depict Jesus more like us. Now, if this is all troubling you, that's okay. And we're going to talk about that and what we should do about the fact that Jesus probably looked a little bit different than we would picture him in our art or in our mind. Um, a good book, by the way, I want to leave you with another resource because in a podcast, I just really can't dive deep into this, but other people have. So again, Google Son of God, which is the TV show that did the documentary on this. Um, Google Popular Mechanics that has a story called The Real Face of Jesus. What did Jesus look like? Uh, Google Reconstructing Jesus Using Science from Ancient Origins. And Google the anthropologist Richard Neve. That is Richard N-E-A-V-E. -E. He is the one who made the um, model of what a Galilean in the first century would have looked like. And lastly, Google the book, What Did Jesus Look Like? by Joan E. Taylor. What did Jesus Look Like by Joan E. Taylor from Bloomsbury Press in London, Oxford. It is on Amazon and there is a downloadable Kindle version there. It will, and, and what I like about that book is it will back up not only what I'm saying but go much more deep than what I'm saying because in a podcast I just can't get into the deep research but I want to alert you to this and to help you understand a little bit better okay and um this book by by joan taylor is just chocked full of great images that show depictions of jesus throughout history and show the evolution of how they changed and it's also just packed full of footnotes so you can like just do all the research so what does this mean let's get back to that let's you know i want to stay focused here and talk about why this matters you know the way you vision Jesus in your head is not a problem. And, you know, if your pastor puts up a picture of Jesus and he's a little too pale, that's not a problem. You know, it's, it's, it's not wrong to want Jesus to look like yourself. Now, maybe some people will disagree with me. That's fine. But what is wrong is not the usage of an image of Jesus that may not be accurate. Because nobody knows exactly what he looked like anyways. But the insistence that Jesus looked a certain way. And that insistence usually comes out of cultural privilege. And we just got to let that go. We, we just need to think Israel is on the Sinai Peninsula. It is the bridge between Africa and Asia, and Europe is a good trek to the north away. 
Jesus is not European. He, you can make him Asian if you want. You can make him African if you want. You can make him a blend. There might be some Caucasian blood there that, you know, can't... No, there probably isn't. But you get the point, okay? He's in the middle of the world. He's not in Europe. He is not Romanian. He is not English. He is not from France. He is not from Germany. He is not from America. He's a Middle Eastern. And understanding that is important for a really good reason. We have over-westernized our theology of Jesus. This has been a pet peeve of mine for as long as I have pastored. You know, we, we read a story in the New Testament. We read a story in um, the Gospels, and we read it through Western eyes. And I want to encourage you not to read the New Testament through Western eyes. We misread it. Like, when you read the ten virgins went out to... Uh, meet the bridegroom and that they were carrying lamps. Those lamps were not flashlights. They were not torches on sticks either. And they were waiting for a bridegroom because it's all a part of a Jewish ceremonial mid-eastern religious practice for how weddings worked. You know, like the groom went and built a house on his a room on his parents' house, right? And then he came back and got his bride, and she waited for him. That's why the virgins are waiting for the bridegroom. And then he took her back there to consummate the relationship, you know? And so there's a context to this story, and we read it through Western eyes, and we, we see a guy coming in a tuxedo and a woman in a white dress holding a flashlight, or if we're really, like, old school, she'll be, she'll be holding a torch, you know? No, no, she's holding a clay pot, a small clay pot with a wick hanging over the side of it and oil burning in it. It's very low light. Again, not that it matters about how we see a bride or how we see a bridegroom or how we see a lamp. That's not the point. The point I'm just trying to help us to understand is when we depict Jesus too Western, then we depict the rest of the stories Jesus is telling and the rest of the New Testament too Western. And the New Testament is not a Western document. The New Testament, New Testament is a Near Eastern African-Asian document. Israel is the Middle East or the near Middle East. It is on the Sinai Peninsula that is the land bridge between Africa and Asia and not over in the Netherlands or England or the UK or Germany. And so we must resist the temptation to over-westernize Jesus. Which brings me to the next book I want to recommend to you. Not that this is like just a podcast recommending a bunch of books, but I want you to have resources that you could turn to to understand Jesus more deeply. And a book I love, in fact, I have all of my leaders read this book when they come into ministry. It's called The Forgotten 
Jesus. The subtitle is How Western Christians Should Follow an Eastern Rabbi. I just love that title because it is so on point because of what we have done with Jesus. We have turned him into a Western teacher. We have turned him into a Western philosopher. We have turned him into a holy Socrates. He is not. He is an Eastern rabbi. So the book again is called The Forgotten Jesus, How Western Christians Should Follow an Eastern Rabbi. And this book is written by Robbie um, Galati or Galati. I don't want to mispronounce his name. Let me spell it for you. It's Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, G-A-L-L-A-T-Y, G-A-L-L-A-T-Y. And I believe it's uh, Zondervan who published it. It's a pretty reputable book. It was a book of the year for a while there. It's just a great book. My leaders are always fascinated when they first read it and realize how different Jesus was and how different his culture was than in, in the cities he lived in, in the towns he lived in, than what they assume when they just close their eyes and read the New Testament. So it's really helpful to read about first century Palestine. It's really helpful to read about those cultures. It's really helpful to think about and to read commentaries and history books to understand what it was really like and not to transpire pose our very modern Western culture on Jesus. And so sometimes I would say to people, and it would shock them, I would say, do you realize that Jesus was raised in Africa? And you're saying, well, hold on, Pastor. You just said that Israel is on the um, Sinai Peninsula. It's the strip of land between Africa and Asia. It's not really Africa. Well, okay, I think it's pretty close to Africa or that peninsula should be considered Africa. But if you don't, that's fine. But Jesus was raised for at least a significant part of his childhood in Egypt. And no one is going to argue that Egypt is not Africa. I mean, you look at the map and Egypt is clearly Africa. And Jesus was raised there for a good chunk of his childhood. How do I know that? Because the gospel writer Matthew says so right in the Bible. But again, this is one of those things that because we're so westernized and we live in such a westernized culture and our tendency is to make Jesus into us that we just read Matthew and we completely miss that Matthew tells us that Mary and Joseph in chapter 2 of Matthew, verse 14, Matthew tells us that Mary and Joseph got up after the the wise kings from the West or the Magi from the West. That's a whole other topic. They weren't kings. They were Magi. They were magicians. They were sociers. They were astrologers. They were Eastern religious leaders. But that's a topic that you can research more about if you're interested. But pagan kings came to Jesus to warn him that Herod was going to kill him, and they gave three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those gifts, most likely, they used to finance their trip 
to Egypt because the angel came to them after the kings and told them to get up and to go to Egypt. And that is clearly stated to us in Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Now, we do know that Jesus stayed a significant amount of time in Egypt. Exactly how long? I can't tell you exactly how long, but because I can't know exactly when he went. I do know that verse 19 of the same chapter says, After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared um, to, the, to Joseph in Egypt. And then in verse 20, it says, take the child and his mother and go back to the land of Israel for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So what I do know is that Jesus, probably around the age of two, is sent into um, Egypt by an angel and Mary and Joseph go with him and that they stay in Egypt until well after Herod is dead. Now, it also says that Herod is dead and those who sought to kill the child. So not just Herod, but Herod's henchmen and, and all of those who were involved in that seems to be implied they're gone. There is no longer a threat. Now, we could research when Herod dies. He dies, you know, depending upon what source you look at, about uh, 3 to 6 AD. When exactly was Jesus born? Well, that's depicted depending upon your tradition and other factors, okay? But we could estimate that Jesus stays in Egypt for some place no less than three to four years, maybe as many as six years, and he probably didn't go until he was two. So Jesus had some formative years growing up in African culture. Now, I'm sure it was Jewish African culture. There, we know from archaeology that for sure there were synagogues in that area at that time. Jews did live down there. It wasn't a popular place to live, you know, the whole coming up out of Egypt story, right? And, and you know, the closer to Jerusalem, the better if you were a Jew. But there were some synagogues down there, so there would have been some Jewish community. But here's my point. When we think of Jesus, we think of Fabio. You know who Fabio is, like that model on the front of all these romance novels with the flowing, gushing, feathered hair, the, the piercing blue eyes and manly beard and muscle shirts and all the women coo over him. And that's kind of the direction our pictures of Jesus goes. He's like this super attractive white guy with the long flowing hair. But he wasn't probably had short hair. He probably had short stature. He probably had no beard, or if he did have a beard, culturally he would have had a very short cropped beard with long flowing sideburns that could not be cut. He probably was less than five foot seven, since five foot seven was the maximum height of a first century Jew. He probably had quite dark olive skin tone and definitely had brown eyes. 
all I am saying is we have made Jesus into something he is not. And again, we're going to stop and we're going to reflect. And we're not going to like write Pastor Vinny off and say, you know, why is this pastor telling me all these things that's shaking my world? We're not going to go and get all extreme and like tear down all of our pictures of Jesus we have and tear them out of our our illustrated Bibles. We're not going to do anything radical. We're not going to like see send mean text messages to our pastor when he puts a PowerPoint up on church day and Jesus is white. Trust me, as a pastor who uses PowerPoint, I look for the most ethnic-looking Jesus I can find, but sometimes the art is just not there yet. But progress is being made. But what we are going to do, I hope you are, this is what I have been doing for years now, in my own study, in my own reading of the Scriptures, I seek to understand first century Palestine for what it was. I seek to reframe it in my mind, not according to my Western assumptions. I seek to learn from Megyn Kelly's crazy statement that Jesus is white like Santa Claus, like just like so unfortunate that she said that on television. I'm going to not remake Jesus in my image. I want Jesus to remake me in his image. And I don't mean that I want him to turn me into an Iraqi Jew <laughs> or like a descendant of, of, of the genetic material of an Iraqi Jew. That's not what I mean. I mean, I accept where Jesus came from. I intellectually understand the culture Jesus came from. I seek to learn that culture more simply so I can understand his proverbs and his parables better, so I can understand his culture better, so I can understand, as I spoke about in a previous podcast, what a manger was and what an inn was in the time of Jesus, right? These are all things we've been studying throughout my release of this podcast to help us understand who Jesus was and is. To understand the incarnation, the mystery of God coming to dwell with man. And so we could understand the culture of the Bible. And so all I want us to do is not get upset about the pictures of Jesus we have. Not to think anybody lied to us. They didn't. They did the best they could. And all humans tend to gravitate towards making Jesus more like them. I just want us to be more careful, to be more gentle, to be more open-minded and flexible in our thinking about Jesus. And yes, 
it would not hurt us at all to read a couple books like the ones I recommended in this podcast, and I will put them in the show notes, to read some Bible commentaries and to learn a little bit more about first century Jewish Palestinian culture so that we may have an accurate or at least in the same zip code idea about what we are reading when we read the New Testament, particularly the gospel stories. There's no sin in not understanding. There's no sin in applying Jesus to your context. In fact, we want to apply Jesus to our context. We just also want to understand the context for which he spoke from. And why should we bother to do that work? Well, that's kind of the name of the podcast, right? He is our devotion. He's simply worth our devotion. Not about his height, not about his eye color, it's not about his skin color, it's not about if he was bearded or not bearded, it's not about any of those things. It's that he is worthy of us paying just a little bit more attention to the real Jesus that speaks to us from the living Word of God. You have been listening to a podcast by Pastor Vinny McIsaac from simplyvinny.com. Stop by our website, check out our blogs, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, all that kind of jazzy promotional stuff. But most important, let's keep growing together in Jesus Christ all the more as we see the day of his return approaching. See you at the next podcast. God bless.